Welcome to the Adea DPL podcast. Eduardo Repetto and Pat Keating of Advantis Investors share how they started and grew Advantis, their investment approach, and how they're working with DPL to create innovative investment strategies. Here's DPL's founder and CEO, David Lau. Welcome today uh, to a day at DPL with a couple of terrific guests. We have Eduardo Repetto, the Chief Investment Officer of Avantis Investors, along with Pat Keating, uh, the Chief Operating Officer of Avantis. And it, it's always great to make connections, as I'm sure you guys appreciate, uh, throughout your business career when you've got you know people who are like-minded. And you know, the three of us have all been working in the RIA space for you know quite a long time with a you know, with a Kind of a similar, you know, ethos of of providing great value to end consumers. It's great to uh, to have you today and start talking about some of your background and you know where you've been and what you're doing now and and you know how that's that's unique. And one of the interesting things with Eduardo, anyone looking into your background uh, notices you don't do what you studied uh, to do uh, necessarily. You've got you've got some pretty interesting degrees uh, that. That you you got in going through school, and it looked like you should be a rocket scientist or something like that. Can you you know talk about uh, your background and, and what you studied and and you know how you went from you know that you know that area of focus in, into investing? Yeah, so I have a collection of titles. If I were in England, <laughs> I will have all the nobility titles after my name. So it's really it's, it's, it's interesting. No? So yes, I, I'm I'm. I'm a civil engineer from a university in Buenos Aires in Argentina. Then I got a master in mechanical engineering from Brown University. And then I got a PhD in aeronautical engineering from Caltech. And, and you know, there are no more engineering, so I probably cover quite a lot. So uh, after that, uh, I work a little bit at Caltech, but then I moved to finance. And you say, what, what all this has to do with finance? Um, look, when you do a PhD, uh, you are studying. Uh, you are trying to advance science, uh, but uh, to advance science, you are applying a lot of tools, a lot of math and computer science, and a lot of things that you learn. You are applying it to a very narrow piece of of the the cutting edge of technology of and science to advance it a little bit more. And so, at, at some point, I wanted not to be the best at the very narrow thing, but try to have a broader scope. Of uh, in in my job uh, in my work life that affects people's lives and say hey you know you can be a doctor I cannot deal with blood that's not for me you can be a criminal lawyer uh, and and that's also not for me so I say eh, I, I'm going to work in finance everyone is. Is, is touching finance in some way or another. And I'm trying to do it using all the tools, all the math, the computer science, the statistics that I learned in order to try to provide better solutions for the end clients. And here I am. So I moved from science in, in, in math and physics and aeronautics to work in finance. And I was very lucky to work with very talented people, but one of them that taught me quite a lot in, in in, in, in having in trying to help investors achieve their goals and here we are that's terrific and I assume since you guys decided to get back together after having been at dimensional fund advisors for what about 15 years together that you must like each other and that uh, you, you've got some mutual respect in, in helping to you know build businesses 
talk to us about that journey a little bit. You, you spent a lot of time together at, at Dimensional Fund Advisors. Then, you, you know, a few years ago, you know, left to launch Avantis. And, you know, can you talk to us about your experiences together and, and what you're looking to accomplish, you know, with Avantis? I remember meeting Pat in an office. He was working still at Asante. And, and, and someone told me, hey, come and, and, and pitch what you are doing to this guy, Pat Keating. And so I went there and I started explaining. Pat took at me and said, so what? Why is that useful for anyone? <laughs> and, and he was right. You know, that's one of the teaching moments that you have in your life. You're saying, not only you have to tell what you do, you have to tell how that will influence someone else to have a better life. And mm-hmm. Pat has always been focused on that thing to, to the extreme. And that's what makes him unique and, and great to create a business and to grow in business because that is what matters. So for me, working with Pat has always been a, a, a teaching moment. Uh, and it's, it's a guy of in, extreme knowledge of business and extreme integrity to us and clients and trying to deliver them the best you can. So, you know, it, it's always fun interacting with Pat. Pat, do you remember that same interaction? You remember that same time first meeting Eduardo? I do. Um, we've always had an untethered type of relationship, I think, or, or just a very, very open thing. Eduardo will say what he thinks to anyone, and I will do the same. Uh, and and in our in our careers together, uh, I think that was. A, it's a very, very healthy thing in a firm. And I know, David, uh, you're this way in your firm. Uh, questions are always good. And questioning is always good. It, it just comes to better solutions all the time. That's right. And the tougher the question, the better. So you can provide great solutions. So in some ways, we, we've got a little bit of a parallel career path. I spent about a decade building an insurance carrier called Jefferson National, which was you know focused in the RIA space and and left to build DPL because I thought it's better solution and you know something that was you know broader and and I could expand what we were capable of doing from you know from one company at Jefferson National to really creating a market marketplace, you know, through DPL. So I imagine that, you know, there's got to be some, you know, something similar in how you've thought about advancing what you guys have been doing in your current incarnation in, in Avantis. And maybe you can, you know, talk about Avantis and, and some of the things you're you're looking to do and, and some differentiation you guys are bringing to the market. I would say one of the, one of the drivers of of the success of Avantis and one of the drivers of doing this period was to bring more to the RIA community. If you look at RIA community and the evolution of the advisors in that space who are who are truly wealth advisors and people that need a broad area of knowledge to really help their clients. There isn't a lot of competition for how they build portfolios. You're looking at companies like Vanguard or iShares or BlackRock, Dimensional in that space because they're looking for outcomes that they can count on. And, mm-hmm. and frequently that's come from something that's systematic. Systematic meaning it's relying on the science of the business and it's relying on repeatable performances and it's relying on uh, low cost because you're doing things differently rather than a portfolio manager reading through financial statements and trying to guess the value of something over time. You're relying on the large amounts of data which are giving you a lot more insight into how markets work and 
and how you can deliver against that. I think that's that's been a helpful thing for Avantis. That's great. And I know that upon launching the firm, you know, your first product offerings were you know into the ETF space, uh, which is a more modern application of, of the mutual fund. And can you, you know, talk to us about what your current product offerings are and why you chose an ETF structure and how you're looking to build from there? We, we have eight ETF in the market today, five equity ETF, US and international equities, and three fixed income ETF. We also have five mutual funds, soon to be eight mutual funds. So uh, we are trying to be vehicle agnostic. So we want to have the strategy delivering more than in, in ETF a mutual fund so that the end client the or the advisor can decide which one is better for them. And we don't want to have bias. We want to say, these are the benefits of this structure. These are the benefits of this structure. We are here to help you make the best decision you can. We also have SMAs in the market. So, you know, we we focus a lot on trying to have the right investment strategies and in different packages so that the investor use the best package to achieve their goals. And we complement that with... Um, support uh, because you know it's not like buying a coca-cola you know, buying investment product affects your life for long term so you want to understand all the aspects of the product and how to use it in your portfolio so we provide quite a lot of support on that too and when you launched Avantis, you you partnered with American Century, and you're working under the American Century umbrella, and you know that was a very conscious choice on on your part. And can you you know talk about the relationship with American Century and why you chose American Century, uh, you know, to partner with in, in launching this new brand? Well, choosing you know we choose them and they chose us. It's you know it's 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 it's, it's mutual at at that point. Look, American Center is a terrific company. If he, like Pat says, it has a scale more than two hundred billion under management. Uh, it has a global reach for uh, four offices in the United States, four offices outside the United States. It has pristine regulatory track record. Uh, you know, more than 62 years of, of existence. It has a great governance structure. The controlling shareholder is the Stowers Institute of Medical Research. So it's an entity of perpetuity and our profits and American Center of Profits help uh, develop cancer and genetic disease research inside the Stowers Institute of Medical Research. And um, it has great people. You know, working with them is a pleasure. So all that allows us to deliver a great product at good pricing to many, many investors. That's the goal, helping as many people as we can. And they have a pretty interesting ownership structure that we talked about a little bit before. Can you talk about the ownership structure and, and what makes it unique? The founder of American Century, which was founded uh, 62 or 63 years ago, donated 100% of their ownership, his ownership interest to the Stowers Foundation, which he created, which is a research institute, as Eduardo said, for cancer and medical-related research. That was a big, big move to make. And that tells you something about the company and the founder. In the brokerage community, sometimes you hear the, the, the statement, where are the client's yachts? This particular brokerage firm gave 
all the benefits of, of what he grew to a foundation doing great work for people. And the board of that company are people that have been doing that type of work. So they're focused on the clients. They're focused on making lives better. It's just been a terrific relationship for us to have. That's fantastic. And in some ways at DPL, we serve a couple of constituencies. You know, we, we work with the carriers and then we work with the advisors as well. And, you know, for the carriers, we have to get them used to serving, you know, a market that's focused on low cost and value, not necessarily something that they've done <laughs> over the course of time. But having myself been on the carrier side, it it provides, you know, a lot of benefit. You know, I, I have a lot of insights and, and you know, thoughts and, and I can relate to their world. And, and Pat, you spent a lot of your career, you know, in the seat of an RIA. You ran, you know, Loring War and Asante, uh, which, as I was joking before we got on here, you were doing roll-ups for roll-ups for cool. So how does that influence what you do, having that experience of having been kind of on the other side and working as an advisor? How does how that influence what you do? Well, it's influenced every single thing that I do in business and that Avantis is doing. We're working with the clientele, the advisors who are fiduciaries to their client. It's the highest standard in law. They can't have a conflict. They have to charge for their advice. They can't have custody of the client's money. So you're not having uh, the potential issues that can happen there. And they're very diligent about how they go about delivering good solutions for their clients because it's their fiduciary responsibility and their livelihood. They earn more business by getting referrals from happy clients, clients that are satisfied in the advice they're receiving and the help that the advisors are, are giving them. So our focus has to be on their clients, which is what they want. Yeah, exactly. And always focusing on the clients and client outcomes uh, is so important. And one of the things we really focus on and kind of help advisors with is retirement income. Bill Sharp has called it the nastiest, most complex problem in finance. And it is. It's a challenging issue, and particularly in this environment. I talk a lot about how just a few years ago, you know, 15 years ago, a few years ago in our world, as we're getting older, for young people, it might seem like, you know, 15 years is forever ago. But 15 years isn't so long ago. There were pensions around for retirement. Fixed income uh, and cash were paying reasonable rates uh, so that you could pretty securely fund a retirement spending with very safe investments. We've got a study we cite a lot from the Callan Institute where 30 years ago, you could fund a 7.5% return from a portfolio that was 75% in cash and 25% in U.S. fixed income. And 15 years ago, that would be 50% equities and 50% you know, fixed income in order to fund that 7.5% return. And today, you'd be challenged in a 100% equity portfolio to generate a 7.5% return. So when it comes to retirement income, that gets to be pretty challenging. How do you safely fund retirement income? And what are your points of view on, on that? So there's the accumulation phase. We all work with advisors you know, on the accumulation phase you know, for the retirement to build wealth. And then how do you think about retirement income in, in this kind of environment? The retirement income became way more expensive <laughs> because, you know, low, very low interest rates. And so it's unfortunate, but it is what it is. And on top of that, the people are living longer. So yes. you need you need for longer time. 
there is no nice solution but trying to have better portfolios, lower costs, and use all the different aspects of financial science. You know, we still have social security, so mm-hmm. that's a plus. But we don't know in the future if that's going to be around with the, the same purchasing power that we have today. So planning for retirement it's and planning you know, once you're in time, you know, continue planning for retirement because you have many, many years of retirement. It's extremely important. And the uncertainty... It's huge because you don't know how long are you going to live. You don't know your level of expenses. You don't know what inflation is going to be. So it is a tough problem. What we can do is, is provide great investment solutions at low pricing, trying to help people understand asset allocation and working with people like you that can provide other kind of wrappers, like insurance wrappers, that, that you know can solve many people's problems. Yeah, exactly. And I know this is, you know, this has come up from each of you in, in over the course of various conversations we've had as as we've worked together, but you know, these days particularly in that environment we just talked about, you know, using insurance and investments are really critical, not one to the exclusion of the other, but both in in some combination. It's really important to delivering great customer outcomes and client outcomes. We focus a lot on delivering things that are tough to deliver or can't be really delivered through investments alone, meaning like guaranteed lifetime income. That's you know something that you can't do through investing alone. So bringing an insurance product in that can help provide that stable income above social security is something we really focus on. So in defining the client need, what are their essential expenses? Let's make sure they're covered in retirement between social security and some other guaranteed income like an annuity. And what we see is a lot of times that helps clients with the advisors that are working like that, where like earlier this year, where we had all the market disruption from COVID, the advice to clients is always stay the course. And for the clients who have their income covered through a stable form, like an annuity, it's a lot easier message because they don't have to worry about the impact of the market on what their retirement income might look like. And so blending those two solutions, you know, really seems to be the way advisors you know, need to be going these days. And I know you've both commented on that and we, and we see it our day-to-day. Yeah, look, uh, ancient plans provide uh, a benefit that was diversification of mortality risk. Yeah, Some people live longer, some people live shorter. But if you want to do it on your own, you have to plan for very, very long time because you don't know if you're living shorter or longer. But if you have a big pool of people, some will be longer and shorter. So mortality risk is a little bit diversified across all the different people. Insurance bring a little bit of that also to the table. So there is something that you cannot do it on your own because you cannot diversify your own. You you have to plan for the for the longest life expectancy ever, you know, or life possibility of living so long. But if, if you can commingle that risk, you know, you, you probably are better off. And that means that Wealth wealth advisors have to have all the tools in their bag. They need insurance and they need investment options. Only with all of that can they diversify the risk and diversify the return sources for people over those horizons. And people need advice to be able to do that. Yes, exactly. And from this is kind of how we, you know, we came together. So as we're bringing insurance products to market for RIAs that are low cost and, you know, no load, commission free, you know, we also wanted to bring asset managers into those products that 
understand the RA market and can deliver good investment outcomes you know, within the within the constructs of the annuity products. And one of the things we've been working on that you're delivering a solution on is an index into a fixed index annuity. And that's a product you know, that we're looking forward to bringing to market. And can you talk, Eduardo, some about how you thought about the index and the product and the unique advantages maybe of, of the annuity for the strategy? We, we try to create an index that has higher spectral return than an S&P 500, but it's still well diversified, low turnover. So all the benefit that you think about is an index, a broadly diversified index like the S&P 500 that are in 2000. But instead of buying every company disregarding their spectral returns, our decision is, hey, some companies have higher spectral returns than others. Why would we not allocate more more of the assets to the company have higher spectral returns and less to the assets the company have lower spectral returns instead of buying all of them like the Russell 1000 on the S&P 500. Does. That will allow for the diversification benefits that we want, but also will enhance performance. And so that was the premise that we started, and this is what we achieved. <laughs> An index of expectations will outperform conventional indices that still have the benefit of conventional indices. And inside the insurance wrapper, you know, if we do that as a fixed index annuity, this is going to achieve the benefits of higher spectral returns without the detriments of taxation during the life of the contract because the tax deferral benefits that the insurance, uh, the insurance wrapper brings. So I think it has quite a lot of use, like a fixed income replacements and like a, like you know, many, many different aspects in an asset allocation. Yeah, we we agree. And we're, we're very excited to get that that product to market. And, you know, we've got to uh, we've got to be honest, Pat, when we first were talking, you were a little skeptical about, you know, fixed indexed annuities. But uh, I think your your point of view has evolved some as, as we've worked together. And maybe can you, you talk about some of that initial skepticism and how you got comfortable with bringing an Avantis solution into inside a fixed index? annuity. I think, David, that everyone in the world that uh, Eduardo and I have been living in, 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 in your living in, working with wealth advisors, would naturally be skeptical. Insurance didn't have a great reputation for a long, long time. Before I met you, we'd had a number of very reputable insurance companies approach us respecting uh, fixed income annuities, but more importantly, trying to serve the RIA space, just as, as you've decided to do in your work. From getting to know you and having many conversations with you with insurance companies and the insurance companies we were working with previously, we realized that you're out there trying to provide something for their clients that they can trust. You're totally focused on cost, totally focused on how they get paid and not having commissions in the structure from that perspective. And you're able to offer through insurance things that the investments themselves can't do. You can provide an amount of guaranteed income, downside protection in the market, a diversifier of risk and tax advantages that you're not seeing. So we've been totally convinced that there's a place for this in many, many clients' portfolios, particularly with the, the long-time income, long lives and long-time needs for income over that life. It's, it's, it's a diversifier that can only help. Agreed. 
And one of the things we do here at, at DPL, and frankly, the model at DFA was informative to it, you know, as I built the business, is that we base what we do on research. So, you know, we work constantly with retirement research professors and and academics so that we're understanding the ways that they're recommending and seeing that annuities should be used and how they should be used in a portfolio. And so we can make proper recommendations based on data and research and analysis. And I know research and analysis play a heavy role in how you invest and and create investment strategies. And maybe you can talk a little bit about that, how that differentiates from just pure indices and, and other things like that. Yeah, look, we in a typical index just by every security by this by the size of the company. So the larger company has higher weight, the smaller company has smaller weight. So it doesn't pay much attention to the spectre returns of those companies. So when we decide portfolios, I mentioned a little bit before, we look at the size of the company to have an idea. We're not going to put a humongous amount of money in a tiny security, but we look at more than that. We look at the spectre returns. What is expected uh, from this security? What's the outcome that we expect? It's going to add more or less than others. And we try to overweight securities that have higher expected returns because they add more to the bottom line of the client on expectations. So how we do that is the process of science. So to identify securities with higher expected returns, we rely on financial science. We rely on all the framework that has been developed over the last six years and the cutting edge technology and understanding how securities are priced and what securities have higher and lower expected returns. And we use that with a lot of data, current data we consume and manage in order to say these securities have higher expected returns, so we should overweight them in order to enhance performance. Like Pat said, it's a systematic science-based process that achieves diversification, low turnover, and higher expected returns. Yeah, and I think three components really in, in delivering good investment solutions are often the research, low fees, diversification. Diversification and, and low fees can be accomplished. I think a lot of the secret sauce is in that research and that science that you're bringing to your investment investment strategies. Yeah, it's very important. Low fees, diversification, and good science and good operations. The problem that wealth advisors are trying to solve for their clients is a challenging problem. I mean, we talk about the people that we work with as wealth advisors, but really the problem they're working on is security for a family over time. Mm-hmm. And look at the complications of that. You take somebody or, or, or a family coming to seek that advice, looking for security over time, much of which is income related. And And start out, they don't have any way to achieve that over the near horizon. You need insurance for it. You know, what happens if one of the partners dies? There's all kinds of things that can happen. And then you start going out on longer and longer horizons, try to be able to deliver an outcome of them being able to be secure uh, for a lifetime. Uh, you're coming into a, a lot of complicated situations, being able to diversify, use insurance, use investments, use savings, use uh, diversification from other risks. It's complicated and, and they need people that can think through these 
issues with them and provide the vehicles that can help them down that road, both of us, your job and, and our job at Avantis. That's right. And as you're saying, Pat, and giving the advisors the tools to put to use with their given clients and use them appropriately depending on the client and the client need. And one of the things that you know a lot of the academics that inform how we recommend product talk about is actually the efficiency of the annuity in generating income. Because like you were saying, when, when you're planning for an unexpected life duration, that's pretty inefficient, right? I mean, you have to be a little conservative. You don't want to be wrong on the, on, on the short side of that, right? Your clients certainly don't want you to be wrong on the short side of that because, you know, the implications are pretty dire. You know, you're out of money. If you're going to be conservative about it, Wade Fow talks about planning for five years beyond life, life expectancy normally. But if you use an annuity, you're precisely matching that risk, right? It's going to be a lifetime income. So it's a pretty efficient way of funding income in retirement. And then what it also enables you to do as an advisor is because you have an efficient form of income, allocate more to the rest of the portfolio, however you choose for that client to invest it, to leave legacy. So we think there's you know, a really uh, important mix between funding retirement income, providing legacy and blending that insurance and, and investment component before the end client. So you talked before, Pat, about a lot of the best advisors these days. We've seen an evolution in the RA market in the time I've been in the market, 16, 17 years, where a lot of RAs in the past were asset managers. You know, they've kind of prided themselves on picking investments and picking managers of, of funds and things like that. And we've seen a lot of evolution in the market to going more towards passive investments, uh, low cost investments for sure, and also becoming not just asset managers, but wealth managers, as you were describing, financial planners, taking into account you know, much more than just the investment aspect of a client's financial life. And it's impossible for somebody to be able to do all of those things, right? They have to manage the client relationship, manage investments. And what we've seen a lot happening, and you talked about it, is advisors the most successful ones outsource a lot of that. You know, they don't outsource the client and the client relationship, but the investment management and picking all that, they leave that up to up to people who spend all of their time doing it. And and what have you seen? How do you want to comment on you know kind of the evolution of the advisor market and, and what you see with successful advisory firms? Well, the RIA market started when they made a rule that they could start into that business with a couple of provisions. One was they had to be a fiduciary to their client, a very high standard. Secondly, they had to pay directly, be paid directly for the advice. They couldn't take any anything from anybody as a conflict. Uh, they they put their shingle out and they went on out to serve clients. Uh, that's been the fastest growing market in the country by far. And you don't see that type of a setup really in any other country to the to the same degree. These people are focused on their clients and they're focused on their uh, clients goals, which which really is security over their life. As we've talked about, that's a very complicated problem and trying to balance deferred deferred consumption to be able to achieve those goals. So they've had to become knowledgeable in 
all the different products and knowledgeable in the cost of the products, how they're delivered, whether they're reliable. It's complicated and they've consolidated, I think, their providers into a relatively short list of firms they can trust with investment solutions, with insurance solutions, planning solutions. That business is is complicated and they've had to consolidate their, their sources of known reputable providers. And so as we're both launching younger companies and younger brands and and going out into the RIA space, you need to provide, like you have both talked about, more than just products. You need to provide support, get advisors comfortable that you know they can have faith that you're going to deliver what you're promising to deliver. What have you found that has been really important or critical to your success in getting advisors to adopt your investment solutions at Avantis? You know, it starts with quality products, but that's not the end of it. You have to explain. You have to explain what you do. You have to show the logic. This is not a hunch or shooting from the hip. This is serious science and serious operations. You have to explain all that. And then you have to explain how to use what you develop and how to explain it to their clients because we're speaking with advisors. So they have to explain to their clients what we're doing for them and how that's going to benefit. So you have to put all this package together in order to go out there and explain. We are doing all this and this is how it works. And this is how we speak about how this, this works in an asset allocation. These are the benefits for an asset allocation. And so that people understand. And so the biggest challenge is to reach out to more and more people so that more and more people hear the story. Because at the end of the day, they hear the story. It's good for their clients. And what do you find that some of the biggest challenges are in working with advisors to get them to adopt that new strategy? It's easy to be complacent, right? It's easy to to stay with what you know and what you've been comfortable with. And getting somebody to implement something new can often be a challenge. What do you think the biggest challenge is for the advisor moving from something that they've been familiar with to something that's newer in the market? And when they hear the story and understand the logic and understand everything, they feel comfortable. The most challenging thing is to reach to more and more people. You know, we have limited resources. We, we, we are a given number of people working here. And there is a humongous market out there that we need to reach. And to people that are busy. You know, it's not that they're doing nothing. Advisors are extremely busy in helping their clients. So not only we have to reach to them, we have to just borrow a little bit of their time so that they can sit down and listen to what we're doing with enough attention because these are complicated issues. The reaching out process, it's probably the most difficult process because it consumes a lot of time for everyone. And I probably would be remiss if having come out of the year 2020, we didn't ask about how did COVID affect your business and how you reached out to those advisors and started getting the story out? I think it's inter- it was interesting. You know, if you were telling me two years ago that you have to work remotely, I would have not believed that you can do any get anything done. There's absolutely no way. But it has worked. And the negatives is you're not able to see the people that you really want to see face to face. Because, you know, some of these people, it's, it's more than a client-vendor relationship. Really close relationships and you want to see them. You want to have a beer or have a coffee and enjoy lunch or dinner. So that's certainly a negative. On the positive side is video conferencing. This time, it's working. Yes. And it's, it's working fine. 
from the point of view of time efficiency, if you are able to reach out to people and speak with them as if you are face-to-face or close as if you are face-to-face without having to commit one day to go to the airport, pick up a plane, cross a coast, fly across the country, get to the hotel. So all these travel inefficiencies, if you can get rid of that, that's a plus. Yes, well, the travel inefficiencies certainly come into play and it, it definitely has helped. But I, I've got to tell you, Eduardo, you're in a nice climate. You're in L.A. where you generally have pretty moderate temperatures. Here in Louisville, it's been 20 degrees and I've been wishing I could get on a plane and go to a, go to a warmer climate. It's 70 something. That's why I have a sweater today. <laughs> 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 that's that's great. Um, well, before we wrap it up, or is there you know anything you kind of want to leave us with? Well, my final message would be we're we're very happy to be working with you in 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 our cause of serving advisors. You're bringing something to that industry that's very helpful. In my mind, you're you're the Schwab of insurance relative to the Schwab of investments. You've got a lot of choice. You're doing due diligence on the products yourself or they're being sold and we're happy to be working with you to try and bring something more to the advice community. And we learn a lot. It's always good to learn. We learn a lot about insurance and how to insurance and how to partner with insurance and how that fits in asset allocation so it's always great to learn and we are very thankful for that yeah likewise it's been it's been a tremendous experience working with you guys we're really excited to get the index into market and we're expecting to get into multiple products but the first one we'll be launching is is a terrific one that we designed from the ground up so it's driven around consumer value and bringing your index into it will truly make it a phenomenal product and you know we look forward to launching it in April. And again, thank you guys for the partnership. Thank you for your time today on this podcast, as well as with the whole DPL team earlier. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening. To hear more episodes, go to dplfp.com.